Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Delicious. Ah, so good. How are you all? Today is Monday, August 8th, 8 8 22. I don't know why it seems like there's so many good dates lately. Bumping the table here. So, um, we are new week, new week, hopefully a productive week. I need a productive week. Um, I'm still on track with shadow wizard. I'm losing a little bit of my buffer. I did not have um, a rocking writing day on Friday for no good reason. I am happy to report that however I am caught up on royalty crunching uh, caught up two months worth always interesting um, just to have a break from the royalties and come back and sort of see what the sales are like. And one thing that's very interesting. Sorry if I'm using that word way too many times. Uh, I can't adjust. Ooh, hold on a moment. My chair is coming apart. <laughs> uh, you know it's like one of those self assembled patio chair things. And so it has the it's probably gonna be too hard to explain but you know like the caps that you screw on to the ends that hold it in place and one of the caps came off and I had it sitting here on the table but very lazily had not put it back on uh, because it was one of those you know like two step projects where it required me to go inside the house to get a screwdriver to come back out and screw it on and somehow I just never would not take that freaking long but somehow I never made that complete circuit and now I'm not sure where the piece has gone. Hopefully some critter didn't carry it off but now it's um bending enough that it's like pulling entirely out of the socket without the cap thingy to hold it on. So the uh, problem is becoming more pointed but we already spent way too much podcast time on that. <laughs> ah so interesting so interesting fascinating. I think that's why they came up with fascinating for Spock because interesting just got too boring. Um, on my covenant of thorns books. This is a great example of traditional publishing versus self publishing. You know what and I'm even going to well I'm not going to bring up the exact numbers but so I started releasing re-releasing covenant of thorns series rogues pawn being book one in July and then rogues possession came out later July and then third book rogues paradise is coming out in August and for all three books considering this is a series that's 10 years old fabulous covers beautiful covers um but old books I shared a um 
review on the podcast on Friday. That was a very interesting review. I shared it with Grace and she's like, wow, that's a great review. And I was like, well, it's sort of a, a mixed review, but I would much rather have a review that notices, um, and notes how I've grown as a writer. And for me, going back and reading those first books is a little bit cringy. It's a good reminder for me, um, when I read new authors, first books that I should probably like read one of their later books too, because, um, I mean, thank goodness I've gotten so much better, but wow. You know, and people told me then that it was overwritten and I didn't think it was, (laughs) ah, the hubris of youth and newbiness, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, in one contest, someone told me that it was, um, overwritten like Anne Rice is overwritten. And I took that as a compliment. (laughs) Um, I think I'm way worse than Anne Rice. Uh, but, um, anyway, these books are being well-received, but they're not burning up the charts. I mean, they're not like hugely high rankings. Uh, I've got more pre-orders for book three than I had for books one or two, I like twice as many, which is really nice. So that means that the people that are reading it and loving it are wanting to read that third book. That's awesome. Um, but you know, it's like, it's still double digits. I mean, I don't even have pre-orders on the triple digits, which is fine. You know, it's like, that's kind of what I expect for re-releasing an old series like this. Right? So even with fairly low, but climbing pre-order numbers, I'm trying to (laughs) walk the line here. I, I don't want you to, um, Oh, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to set the correct expectation here because I figured if I was lucky, if things went well, that I could recoup my investment in putting a new cover and reformatting the book, putting it up for sale, uh, in the first month. And I'm going to do that easily more for the first two books and with pre-orders alone for the third book, each of those books has already, I mean, you know, just like in numbers, I don't have the money yet, but they've already earned 10 to 12% of the lifetime sales of the books that did that they earned through Karina press. Okay. So let me rephrase that just in case I put that in a confusing way because I track all the sales of all my books. So in all the time, 10 years that those books were with Karina press and Karina paid me quarterly royalties on those books. So I know how much each book has earned over its lifetime via Karina in the time that I have had these up self published a month for the first book, a month and two days. They've already earned 10 to 12% of those lifetime sales one month versus 10 years. Right? So when we talk about self publishing and the money that you can earn in self publishing, there is a concrete example. Now, 
why didn't these books earn more money through Karina press? There's a couple of factors and if you all already self publish or if you are um you know follow self publishers then you know this information but I'm going to share it here anyway because it does bear repeating part of it is the percentage um from Karina press even though they gave me a very generous I think 45 percent something like that of the net so that means of the money that they get after the wholesale price and all of that they gave me 45 percent of that price. So and actually okay so I went ahead and opened the spreadsheet just so I could give you some actual numbers because I calculate approximately how much I earn per book. Um well this is going to be a little bit deceptive however okay well let me give you the the first numbers from through Karina press which is Harlequin which is under Harper Collins we're looking at big consolidation of presses so it's worth it looking at that tiering uh, penguin already merged with random house now Simon and Schuster is looking to acquire penguin penguin random house so anyway before you know under them my books were earning I would get 71 cents to a dollar four per per book okay now I have to do some quick math self publishing I'm getting three dollars per book um so easily three times I'm making per book so that adds up fast the other piece of it is the marketing um and we were having this conversation over the weekend uh Minerva Spencer and Katie Lane are their writing names came to brunch at my house on Saturday and we sat out in the grape arbor and talked business it was lovely and the demystifying thing is is because we have all published traditionally and self published and it can just be mystifying what the traditional publishers are doing. Uh, I do pretty basic marketing on that covenant of thorns series and it's like a thousand times more than Karina press did on them especially 10 years later. Um, we were gossiping about one friend of ours who's who had a best selling book USA Today but still best selling book did enormously well but it came out uh a long time ago now um somebody was saying three years but I think it's longer than three years because three years was beginning of pandemic isn't that amazing um well it was like leading up into uh I I, it's on my mind because like Minerva Spencer I had not seen her since September of 2019 so it was nearly three years since I had last seen her in the flesh and it's funny to think that um you know three years ago August of 2019 I was at Worldcon in Dublin and we traveled around Ireland just seems ages ago so um anyway I think this this gal's book came out probably five or six years ago yeah could be even six or seven definitely 
pre 2017. So that gives us a, a range anyway, but she gets very upset that her traditional publisher is not pouring more publicity that they're publicizing other books, newer books and not hers, which, uh, you know, sometimes that happens that way. mosquito. So it's this is what traditional publishers do. They're always about the new shiny. They don't care about the older books. Um, and and it's to the detriment of the author because I mean, you know, like this gal's perfectly right to be upset that they're not publicizing this book, especially, (laughs) I mean, everybody could be making money on this, but they just don't. They also just don't seem to know how to position books, which is bizarre. And they fully believe that they do know. I mean, they're just certain that they are in the right. So it's this very interesting thing, um, that there are what one of the gals, I I don't remember who they might've both said it is like, well, why are people still going with traditional publishers? And I still think there are good reasons to publish traditionally, but as far as making a living (laughs) and getting your books out there, uh, it makes all the difference. And, and what's funny is that the traditional publishers, and we all know this because we have editors and agents saying this to us is they'll say, well, you know, you just can't make real money self-publishing. And they always want to go back to the statistic, you know, that most self-publishers only ever sell a hundred copies a year. And, and it's like, yeah, but then you have to look at the, the other end of the spectrum that, you know, you're not looking at the person who decided to, you know, write their memoir and printed it out for their kids and grandkids. Um, besides which we don't have to sell as many copies to make really good money as evidenced by this statistic. I'm just fascinated by that. It has made this big of a difference because I thought, well, you know, should I even republish these? Am I sinking good money into this for no reason? It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I was also counting up like how many books I sold at a polycon because in the world of the convention, you know, uh, it was just like sell, sell, sell. I sold a lot of copies of rogues pawn. I didn't realize how many, but that was the right crowd for that book. I did not sell as many copies of dark wizard as I thought I would. I do have a mosquito candle out here now to fend off the mosquitoes. if that works. I scooted it closer because there's a couple of mosquitoes hovering, hovering hungrily. So, uh, you know, it's just really interesting what you sell in different venues. And I think this is one of the things that self publishers are able to do is that I can go and I can see which of my books sell on site and what I can say to readers that elicits their attention. I think it's really super cool that I sold so many copies of the print version of Rogue Spawn um, for $10, right? 
but they loved that it was a face story. So um, my point and I do have one you know that there are people in traditional publishing who make a huge amount of money but there are lots who don't and even the ones who are making a decent living the dreaded mid list right which has become kind of a curse but there was a statistic that came out the other day that said that um, I don't know if they put a percentage on it but it was most and and I believe that it is most uh, traditionally published authors are making $25,000 a year or less which is below poverty level in the US. <laughs> and I I don't know if that's before or after taxes but it's still it's not much money. Um, actually I think it was $20,000 a year because the person who retweeted it into my timeline said that they were doing relatively well compared to many of their compatriots and they're making $25,000 a year um, which is still not enough to live on and traditional publishing persists in this idea that um, you know that we should be grateful for the money we are making I think uh, one of my friends has been kind of struggling because uh, her traditional sales have fallen off. Uh, we think we know why I think I know why actually I gave her um, a really good insight and I've seen this happen to a number of my friends that's bragging isn't it. I thought it was great insight she agreed. Okay so in in two cases I'm thinking of specifically and I could probably think of a lot more there was an author who was selling incredibly well in a particular thing and their publisher changed the branding of it. In one case an author was told no no we don't want more of these of this subgenre we want you to write this other subgenre and the books just didn't do as well and the publisher is like huh I wonder what happened. Well you went off of the main readership and this other friend of mine who has done fabulously well in traditional publishing to the point where she didn't really want to self publish because she's like I'm making better money in trap and it's like well wherever you're making better money go for it. But now uh, her most recent series the sales have really tanked and I realized how they changed from her main branding that these books don't look or feel or have the same wording as the ones where her main platform is. And and it's a departure and and once I pointed this out to her she's like you know what I'm going to put these words in my next title and I'm going to see what's what happens and it's like great we can do this as self publishers. Meanwhile in traditional publishing land her editor actually said to her that it's because she's self publishing that she's diluting her sales and that's and it's her fault and this is what they do in traditional publishing is they tell the author that it's their fault. And because it can't possibly be theirs. And it's nonsense. It's, I, I was telling this story to uh, Minerva and Kate this weekend, and both of them immediately said that's bullshit because we all know that readers read much faster than we can write. And they, they want more books. They don't get tired. They don't say, oh, ho, hum, another general. Oops. Sorry. Another Jeffy Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> slight slip there. 
wonder if I could fudge it out. I bet I didn't say as much as I thought I did. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, another Jeffy Kennedy, blah, you know, it's maybe there are some who say that, but the passionate readers, they want more. And this idea that, um, which Trad really holds on to that, you know, that they feel that it should be one book a year. And I even had that, um, on my last traditional publishing excursion, you know, when we were talking about the frequency of the books and they said, well, our market research shows that the books do best if we, uh, release some nine months apart. And I kind of wanted to say, well, what market research is that? Because it's sure not how it looks from our perspective. The other interesting thing about self-publishing, and this was a conversation that Minerva Katie and I were having was how we know what it takes to make a good cover. We know exactly how expensive a cover is. We know about layers and putting them together. You have to learn. I mean, it's just like at first you don't know and you gradually learn. So when a traditional publisher comes to us and this has happened to all of us and says, look at this beautiful expensive cover. And we're like, that's clip art. And this part doesn't look right. Can you fix this? And they're like, oh no, it would take so much to fix that. We're like, no, no, no. All you do is go in and tweak that layer. Um, and they still want to act like we don't know this, that they can still blow sunshine. Uh, so this has turned somewhat into an indictment of trad, which I don't mean it to be because, um, I, there are a lot of things I love about traditional publishing. Um, and I will still try to publish traditionally, but there, I, I feel like we have been saying for more than a decade now that traditional publishing is going to have to change what they're doing and they are somehow mysteriously still not doing it. Um, but yeah, just being able to, to make a living as a writer, there are not many people who can do that without also self-publishing or without having a side gig. So, um, I do think, and we were all agreeing as in our conversation Saturday that, um, it was huge for all three of us that we had already traditionally published and had that readership They're They're good at establishing that readership. And so it made self-publishing much easier. It's, it's harder when you're coming right out of the gate as a self-publisher. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. So on that note, I've chattered on long. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful Monday and a wonderful week, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. You all take care. Bye-bye.